Hey everyone! Before we get started, I just want to let you know that your input can directly make our shows better. One of the biggest ways to support your favorite shows here is by rating and commenting on iTunes. All of our shows are available in Apple Podcasts form on iTunes, and all you have to do is search for AfterBuzz and your favorite show title. Once you're there, leave the show a rating and a comment on why you like the show or any comments you have for the hosts. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to continue to bring you the best shows we possibly can. Today on Happy Hallmarkies, Christmas is the time for miracles. So let's talk about some miraculous movies. Let's do it. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Everybody, this is more upbeat than we have been these last two months. This is fun song. Get ready for it. I'll sing Anna Kendra's part. Here we go. Here comes. Oh, I went too early. (laughs) Messed that up. Welcome back, everybody. Um, It's a time for miracles, as we keep saying. Hello, hello. Um, we are here doing a lot of Christmas movies as per usual. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. You can follow me everywhere uh, on Twitter at Serafini TV. Joining me, I have. It's Stefan Lovegrove. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Lovegrove. And in honor of tomorrow being night one of Hanukkah, I have a new sweater. So you guys loved my uh, most likely to be on the nice or naughty, whichever one you choose for the day list sweater. Um, So today I have Let's Get Lit with a bunch of menorahs and happy Hanukkah to everybody. I love that. That's so smart. (laughs) And it literally, it was like... I've never seen ugly holiday sweaters that I liked before, but I was at a store and they had a bunch and I was just like, I would wear all of these. So I just bought a whole collection, including this Let's Get Lit one. (laughs) I'm glad you like it, Trisha, and a very happy Hanukkah to you and everybody else. Yes, happy Hanukkah, happy Merry Christmas, happy holidays to everybody. Um, We still have a lot of movies to talk about. A lot of movies. And some some, fun news. Uh, Last week, if you all missed it we were a half an hour early but that was for a specific reason now that the event has passed we can fully talk about it we stefan and i went to the christmas at holly lodge screening party at the grove last week that's why we were all fancy dressed up which was fun we never dressed that fancy it was super fun (laughs) i never dressed that fancy um it was so fun thank you to bobby shooty for inviting us and you know just hallmark and crown media putting on such a wonderful well-organized, well, well, like a really great event for us to enjoy. And we went, had some wine, um, talked to a lot of the Hallmark stars that were there. You know, I, I always tell people my favorite thing about Hallmark is that the actors and really the entire crew, the executives, like behind the scenes, the people are so genuine. And it cracked me up because I was walking around and Andrew Walker was there and he says to this woman, well, you know, life really is all about forgiveness. And I was like, this is truly like a real life Hallmark movie. So it was super fun. Yeah, it was great. Um, And, you know, we saw our good friend Barbara Niven was also there. Yes. People are asking hug. for photos. We have photos. We have a couple. They're coming very shortly if they're not on screen yet for yes. those of you who 
who are asking for photos. If you're tuning into the iTunes version, you should definitely check out our YouTube version of this show. We have awesome red carpet photos of Alison Sweeney and and Crystal Lowe and a couple, a lot of the stars that were there. And we, we saw some leading ladies as well. We had Rachel Boston and Lacey Chabert, of course, love her, and Holly Robinson-Pete. Um, just amongst the many, there there were so many people there. Yeah, super and, like, fun. Every five minutes, we're like, oh, there's that person, there's that person. And because there's so much crossover, everybody who had been there had been in at least one Christmas movie, mm-hmm. sometimes multiple. So it's fun to, you know, we walk down memory lane every show and are like, remember this movie? We love it. Yeah. So it was that in real life and super fun. Yeah, and there it was so that the Dominique Anzol location, the new restaurant, I believe, mm-hmm. um, at... At the Grove, down in L.A., if you're ever in California, definitely go check out the Grove. It's it's a big hot spot, hot touristy spot for people. It's pretty area, especially now because it's Christmas time. It's gorgeous. I told Marissa, who had never been to the Grove at Christmas, I said, this is about as close as you can get to a Hallmark Christmas movie in LA. It's true. It it feels quaint and cozy and lights everywhere and it's super Christmassy. Yeah, and I experienced my first cronut. Which was oh my gosh! <laughs> I forgot we have cronuts today. In so, no, don't please don't misunderstand. These are not the ones they gave us last week. No. We would not have stored them for a week. Apparently, but they're we only have, good for twenty four hours. Right, but we have cronuts. I'm gonna pull them out. I'm they so come excited. In this cute box that they package for you, and I'm gonna try to open it in a way that you guys can see. The cronuts, because this was Marissa's request for the show. By the way, <laughs> it was that this has fallen over. The cronuts were so I, good. They, for, for, it's okay. Can you guys see this? I don't want to make a huge mess on this. Make a desk. display of it. I was trying to show it in this lens. I don't know. Anyway, the the cronuts <laughs> were delicious, and we have them now. So maybe we'll eat some sugar while we do our show today. Yes, I'm really excited for it. I think I texted you late last night. I was like, I wouldn't mind more Dominique Anzel's cronuts. I wouldn't cronuts. be mad if we had cronuts. <laughs> it was like just a little hint. And can it we talk so about, good. some of you are saying you watched Holly Lodge. Lisa's saying she still needs to watch it. We were so delighted to have that movie be the one screened again. Yes. Because we truly it. we love it. <laughs> An instant Hallmark classic. We picked up on so many things watching it the second time. And there was just so much in it. Yeah, and it was just a great experience to actually be with the people who were in it, who starred in it, who produced it, and, and you know put all of it together, and to see them watch the finished work and appreciate it for for how great of a film it turned out to be. It was really gr- a great experience. Yeah, thank so, you, Crown thank Media you, Crown and Media. Bobby, and what a good night. Yes, yeah, so fun. And then also that happened this week. Uh, the When Calls the Heart Rap Party just happened. Um, the, the cast is wrapping out. They're finishing out actual filming of season five, which will be airing in a couple of weeks. The Christmas movie airs on Christmas. so December 25th. Yes, December 25th. And some fun photos of the cast and crews. And, um, oh, the, look at Lori. The child. Um, we, yes, this picture is Lori Lachlan and Carter Ryan Ivancic, um, who play, obviously, Abigail. And Cooney. more... Um, more and then Candace, there was Cameron Bure and Lori and Full House coming to Hallmark yeah. in January. So we're getting a lot more of them all. So you know that the show is coming back very soon when the show is actually wrapping up its actual production. So. Right. Something to look forward to. And then one more thing to look forward to, you guys, as a quick reminder, 
Reminder, the 12 Days to Christmas starts Wednesday, December 13th, so two days from now. But that's when you get to see um, fun interstitials and segments of Hallmark stars talking about their favorite Christmas traditions, um, favorite memories. That's all Christmas-related that will be um, displayed or um, shown and broadcasted in between the Christmas movies. So go check it out. Starting December 13th. All the way up to the Christmas when calls the Which heart. Which is Wednesday. Movie. Yes, yeah, starts Wednesday. Wednesday. All right, let's get into our first film, The Christmas Cottage. Your thoughts on this one? I wasn't ready, Marissa. I thought that we were <laughs> going to do our thoughts overall. Oh yeah. Oh well, we could do that. Go for it. Well, I was going to say because I've had a chance to like sit with last week's movies, and I've actually found myself. I rewatched Christmas at Holly Lodge. Okay. Multiple times, both the screening <laughs> and on TV. Um, I've watched Magical Christmas Ornaments so many times. I, I, I like the more I watch it, the more I really like it. So, reflecting on last week, I did not think that this weekend of movies was as strong overall as last weekend's. I do have a new favorite um, overall. It was not the Christmas Cottage, but to begin with this one, you know I love Steve Lund, yes. so I was already excited and enjoyed it just for that sake. Um, and I think this is like an instant, you know, Steve Lund got on Twitter and said thanks to everybody who tuned into this new instant classic, The Christmas Cottage. Um, I think it will be. I think it was a really sweet movie. I, lo- I thought it was super romantic, super cute storyline, um, and just a really feel-good, like, light-hearted, romantic comedy. Yeah, I agree. It was very, really sweet, very um, lighthearted, like you said. Um, it had all the beats to a regular Hallmark movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just going off of my Hallmark drinking game that I mentioned last week, if you were following it, there, there were so many moments that you're like, yep, that's definitely a Hallmark Christmas movie. Um, I liked it. It was sweet. Um, let's talk about some of the things in the movie. This One of the major topics was landing this big contract that Lacey had to go through. What what were your thoughts of this project that she was constantly working on, even though she was now back at home with her friends and family? And, like, she she was more split between her work and her personal life. Well, okay. Obviously, she has workaholic problems, and her priorities are a little out of whack. But I do have to say, I, I thought her home concept was really cool. Her initial, like, virtual windows and click and yeah. you can have Christmas anytime. And uh, so, you know, I as somebody that works from home, I didn't actually look at her concept as how awful to have a workspace in your home. I viewed it as, like, it would be really nice to have these, like, cozy living spaces that you could customize in all these ways, but then have, like, a really nice designated work area. Anyway, I thought her project was cool, despite the fact that we're supposed to think that it's very corporate and workaholic and terrible. Um, but I I did think... Um, I don't know. I thought that she was willing to, like, change her values and go back to her true self pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought she had less resistance than in most movies they do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely understand that, like, you're... Your life is busy. You're trying to balance, find that common balance with, you know, work and personal life, especially now being part of someone's wedding. You have to, like, prioritize your life a bit. Um, we knew that her ways were going to change because she she lost that Christmas spirit. It was all, like, work, work, work. And even the, like, personality within her work, the building that they were constructing, they were, they were all white and sterile. There was, like, no life personality to them. But then uh, I love with the, the help of Ian that he kind of reinvigorated that old personality 
personality with her and her. So I was going to ask you two things about her. First of all, with the white decorating. Mm-hmm. I think white lights can be, and I saw a lot of people, a lot of you discussing this on social media. I think white lights can be really classy. I don't think all white lights is like anti-Christmas right. or whatever. But I was going to ask you, are you a white light person or a colored light person? Ooh. I personally, if I were to decorate my own Christmas tree, I would put white. It's clean. It's sophisticated. It's nice. Because I have a mix. There are places where I have white lights and it's really soft and just nice, classy Mm -hmm. lighting. And then I still like the rainbow. (laughs) Um, So anyway, let us know in the chat and in the comments if you're a white light or color light person. But anyway, my point just overall was like, I thought she had some creative ideas from her house concept. Thank you, Trisha. Trisha likes her project concept. From her house concept to her decorating, I didn't think that she was like that sterile and boring. You know what I mean? She just wasn't quite as traditional. Yeah. And well, you can tell that she used to have a a lot more life and personality Mm -hmm. and her work just kind of drained her of that. But then when she was reminded from the outside source, like, hey, this is what you used to be. Try thinking this way, a more fun way. And then she slowly got back to that old self. And can I tell you the chopping down the Christmas tree I thought it was actually genius that she found a YouTube tutorial and made it work because I would not know how to chop down a Christmas tree. See I was like that's innovative. Give her credit for being innovative and figuring it out with the YouTube tutorial. I I loved how the tree almost fell on her. That sounds terrible but watching it was hysterical. Well because she she wasn't thinking about it. (laughs) She's She's just sitting there sawing the tree and I don't think she expected it to work so fast. (laughs) Right. Two minutes chop down a tree i mean mean, it was less than two minutes pretty efficient yeah like she she really thought about that um but of course they were going to get stuck at the lodge together he knew that was going to happen winter storm but can i just say that is i thought one of the most and i don't know who in the chat was saying it was a super romantic movie it was because more than just getting stuck at an airport or whatever, the whole getting stuck at this like super romantic <laughs> lodge. I thought that was a very romantic premise. Yeah. yeah and yes, we knew they were going to get stuck there. But I, and you know, but my it favorite also part? had the added fact that like if anyone stays at this lodge, there's this whole right. tradition. There's this whole there. storyline of true love about it. And then the power goes out and they end up sleeping in front of the fire. And then I was like, this is super cute. Yeah. Different couches, of course. Gotta of course. Keep it's it home. But I did like it how they had to work out because they they did know this was another film where it's past relationship, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, yep, you know, it's gonna work out. But um, I, I liked what Ian did to Lacey, like bringing back that old self that she lost. I thought it was endearing. Well, and I I appreciated. They didn't have to make one person the villain or, like, wrong for what happened in the past. They kind of both acknowledge, you know, I wasn't sure what I wanted. You know, I wasn't ready. Like, I thought they did it in a very loving, gentle way. I mean, that's kind of what allowed it to develop so fast is they didn't carry that much bitterness in. Right. Relatively speaking. I mean, I I kept making notes about I really think they're warming up to each other. Mm-hmm. much faster than it often happens. And, of course, you have to throw the wrench in there when Roger, the the boyfriend, comes. Oh, Roger. Stirs things up. But that, but the whole wedding scene and them giving their toasts and speeches and then the way Lacey's actually talking directly to Ian, not to Roger. The speeches like, were happening? so over the top. They were. I, they were beautiful, but I was like, they would never <laughs> get away with these speeches. 
Um, but they did. To do, and and you know what? The I have to make this point about the wedding because I'm all for a Christmas wedding. I, would you do a Christmas Eve wedding? Let us know in the comments. Many of you are saying you're more white lights, colored decorations people. Totally get that. But let us know, would you do a Christmas Eve wedding? I'm not against a Christmas wedding. I'll attend one or be in the party. Me personally, I'm a summer person. Never say never, Marissa. It is a I time for miracles. Never. I never said never. But here's my thing. We wish you a Merry Christmas every time that came on. In a rehearsal or at the actual <laughs> first dance, I was like, this is a terrible first dance song. We wish you a Merry Christmas. It bothered me every time. Just but a pet peeve. I just that's had That's not to- your song. That's their song. That is not a romance song. Like, at least do, like, I don't know, the first Noel or something. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Probably the only song that they got clearance for a wedding song, maybe. Sure. But I will say, beautiful cottage, as people are saying, Lisa and Lori and others, gorgeous cottage. I would love to stay there. I know. Forget the true love part. I'll stay there myself. Sure. That's fine. (laughs) I want to stay at the cottage. You can book me for a week. I'm fine with that. Uh, Overall, it was a very cute film. Um, Anything else about this that you missed? One of Will's favorite moment? Well, I do want to say it made me very hungry because of his (laughs) delicious sounding food. And this is also why I stand up for her and her innovative ideas is if we're all about traditions, let's keep it fair. His food was not super traditional. His yeah. food was like new takes on all these things and was it three spiced up and restaurant. So I, you know, I think she should be able to acknowledge his culinary creativity. He should be able to acknowledge her divine, divine uh, design creativity. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I I really loved the movie. Um, I wrote down the quote from his toast about there's a part of us that only few of us will ever get to know and love is loving that part. Yeah. Just a great Hallmark classic with Steve Lund. Yeah. Well, one more thing about Roger. Um, yeah. At the very beginning of the film, mm-hmm. when Lacey was trying to describe Roger and you knew that they weren't going to work out anyways. Right. But when she, like some of the adjectives was like smart, accomplished, driven, successful, reliable, stable, and predictable. Those are things you put on a resume, not in a That was the most sterile conversation like, ever for no somebody to be scri- to it, like, describing a boyfriend. He's not trustworthy or loyal or kind. Like the, Those are literally things you put on a resume to get hired for a job, not for to have a life partner. Yeah, now, just, like, it didn't work. This is interesting. So in this wedding discussion, Michelle is saying, I wouldn't want to take away from the holiday. And I get that. I have a Thanksgiving mm-hmm. birthday. It gets confusing. I'd rather separate the wedding celebration. Lisa says her first marriage was a Christmas wedding. See, this is what I would expect, Lisa. The church music to be the Christmas music. And then yeah. the reception be love songs or party songs. or That's exactly what I would expect at a wedding. That's why I was like... I, I don't know if you want your wedding memories. I love Christmas, clearly. Hello. <laughs> but right. I, it's anyway, but you know, it's their wedding. I'm glad that they could do We Wish You a Merry Christmas for a first dance. Yeah. Um, fun thing about this movie, the music was actually done by Jeff Toyne. And I'm just going to self plug our other show here. Um, we actually had Jeff Toyne in studio. He sat right where you're sitting um, just a couple months ago. He was on our on the fly filmmaking hmm. show on Popcorn Talk Network. Go check it out. I help produce it every single week. It's a great interview with Jeff Toyne. He talks about his music and composing, and he did the music for this one. I was like, look at that. I know you. That's awesome. Small world. It is a small world, especially in the industry that we work in. Um, love it. I mean, this was a really cute film. Moving on to Christmas Encore. Thoughts about this one? Um, side note, I'm so distracted by the cronuts. We well, need to- let's take a bite. Let's. 
Are we going to? Yes, let's I didn't know if we wanted to make people listen to us chew. You well, you do your all right, you do your thoughts, and then I'll do my Okay, thoughts. if they're we'll just sitting here, you guys, the sugar and the... If you don't know what a yes. cronut is, it's a fried croissant donut yes. with a little bit of frosting, and this month's flavor has a little strawberry jelly inside, and they're just sitting here. So yes. we're talking about Christmassy everything, and there's Christmas cronuts, and it's just hard they're delicious. Not I'll try to not to make a terrible sound on the mic. Yeah, so. you'll, you'll <laughs> lean back. Okay, so I was... Thinking that I was going to love a Christmas encore, or Christmas encore, it doesn't have A at the beginning, um, because I like theater. I did theater in high school and college a little bit. Same. Um, so I liked the premise. I liked the concept. It didn't end up being one of my favorites. Um, and I, I don't know why. It was one that I was trying to figure out for a concept I thought I was really going to like. And, and their whole modern twist on a Christmas carol thing. I think one reason is we didn't actually see much of the Christmas Carol stuff. Yeah, we saw the last scene. And so that intrigued me, but we only got her last scene. Um, I don't know. Beyond that, I don't know what it was about it that didn't quite do it for me, but not necessarily one of my favorites of the weekend. Um, admittedly so. I, I'd have to agree with you. And I put in my notes, um, for the first 20 minutes, totally does not feel like a Hallmark Movies and Mysteries film. It was very light and fluffy at the at the beginning. Um, we, they, and there were fun moments. Fluffy and I say like fun, light-hearted moments. Um, for a Movies and Mysteries, which usually starts with a more dramatic plotline. And this one I was thought very overall simple. was it that dramatic? It wasn't. It really wasn't. I think Not the really. only dramatic part of this movie was them threatened to leave like their their lease is up and they have to leave but how is that different than than sharing all the Christmas? other movies that we saw this movie right this week um i don't know i think yeah, it the just movies, totally didn't fit the movies and mystery thing was weird i also thought this one and actually well i'll, I'll save my comments for later on the, the final two but i thought it took just a long time to get into it i don't know i don't know what it was it yeah. wasn't my it wasn't my favorite. I think that I would have left it on if it wasn't for After Buzz. I definitely would have watched the whole thing. But I could have come in and out of the room. It was kind of one of those. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Yeah. And I think the, the pacing felt a little slow. It's like you knew she was a struggling actress who was just going on additions and getting rejected every five minutes, you know? It's like we're part of the auditioning. You know, we're in the industry. We understand. We know a lot of on-camera hosts talent we are on camera hotel it's like we know rejection in that whole audition process um and it, it just felt like they were going through the beats that we already knew and was too familiar and it took a while to get to the actual meat and potatoes of it of being evicted from their their beloved area well yeah i don't know i i do agree with um Trisha said, not that dramatic, and the chemistry between the couple just didn't really grab me. Okay. I think that might be part of it. It wasn't my favorite couple. But Maggie I, Lawson and Brennan Elliott. Which I, I have no we problem with of either of them individually, yeah. right. But I also have to say, Lisa's right about this. Every time that you say something isn't your favorite, you still got to go back and watch it a second time just sure. to be sure. Because some things surprise you. And like, and case in point... I did really like Magic Christmas Ornaments, Magical Christmas Ornaments originally, but the more I watched it, I was like, oh, this is such a great one. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I think I watched it like five times. So who knows? Maybe I'll come back and report I ended up watching this four times this week. We'll see. Um, I did like the the realistic 
aspect of it where she's torn with her career because she's so i don't want to say dead end but she's hit so many walls within the acting career that she maybe wants to do a career change and that's very believable like uprooting your life going somewhere else and trying new things and certainly in la very believable very now okay i have a theory you guys we're just gonna have a little talk like get your coffee get your tea get your mulled wine i've never drank mulled wine it just seems seasonally appropriate but here's my theory is I think I don't like the movies when they have another... I did like The Christmas Train, but this part of it I didn't like. I don't think I like the movies when they have a a competing girl mm. rather than a competing guy. I just realized, because the the woman in The Christmas Train, remember, that was the actress, the voiceover girl? Yeah. She annoyed me. And when I was thinking about this movie, I was like, I didn't find Samantha funny or anything. She, I don't like the Hallmark, like, not like, the real girlfriend, the but the threat. Yeah. I don't... Maybe that's that's my theory. Let me know if any of you have noticed that or feel that way. Because I, when I think back to this movie, that Samantha annoyed me. And I think that's part of it, is I was just like, I'm so over this Samantha storyline. He's not even conflicted. They're not dating. He clearly doesn't like her. You know, I, that right. annoyed me as a conflict, because I was like, clearly she's annoying and they're incompatible and he doesn't really like her. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that is a common trope with all, all these films. She didn't annoy me as much, apparently, for me than it is for you. But I don't know. I think this film just, it has such a simple premise for what should have been a more dramatic storyline on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. And I don't feel like it, totally it didn't feel as dramatic as it should have been. I have another, okay, we're eating cronuts, you guys. This, is, <laughs> this show is a mess today. Trisha said she doesn't like the conflict ladies either. I, yes, he did need to tell her to get lost, Lisa. Exactly. And he didn't. I also think this, though. Let's talk about the stakes of this theater being, you know what I mean? Like, right. it being the last season, the last show, the whatever. Um, if you compare Holly Lodge and what the Lodge meant to them and the stakes versus even sharing Christmas and the stakes of what that meant. For a Movies and Mysteries movie, I felt like the stakes were incredibly low. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, we are rooting for Charlotte and we want her to succeed. But overall, it's like Julian's going to be fine. He's done a TV show for five years. He's going to be fine without this theater. It, It didn't make you feel for it the same way like a joyous Christmas, you're rooting for like a shelter. Or you know what I mean? Right. It didn't feel super high stakes, I think. I, I agree with you on that because Holly Lodge, they did a great job of making that cast an ensemble. And you can believe that they were a real family, real friends mm-hmm. together. You And they got a good fair screen time with everybody. That you fell in love with those characters and their personalities. This particular one didn't. We saw a few of them. They hardly got lines. I don't remember. Honestly, I was trying to think. I don't who, remember anything who they at said. the theater. So I, we have Charlotte. Yeah. We have Julian. We have the Sid. Was that his name? That's the, the older thing. guy. I don't like. That's we, the thing. Whereas they, Christmas at Holly Lodge had spend, at least seven characters that we loved. Yeah, they did not spend enough time developing the. The people who we should be feeling sorry for when they lose their beloved space. You know, like they didn't develop oh, that dynamic. This is interesting. Lisa, this is why I love you guys because truly, the, this is like such a special, rare group of people that knows Hallmark movies this well and can have this All kind right. of discussion. All right, Lisa. So Lisa says, if memory serves her correctly, Christmas Encore was meant for 
main Hallmark. Is that what I'm reading that as to understand? Mm, Hallmark yeah, Channel, Hallmark yeah. Channel. And then Christmas Cottage was supposed to be Movies and Mysteries. I think both of them could have been Hallmark. Yeah, definitely. This, I wouldn't have moved Christmas Cottage over. That's what I'm saying. This one over. does not belong in Movies and Mysteries. No. It doesn't. This easily fits in with Hallmark Channel. Which is, what, I mean, it's fine, but if you're going to label it as a dramatic movie, it's not. No, I agree. It's, it's just not. Um, oh, I mean, it's not a bad film. It just doesn't fit where it was supposed to be placed. I know, but I'm trying to find, I'm looking through movies, and I'm trying to figure out, you know what could have done movies and mysteries instead was a gift to remember, maybe? Yeah. The amnesia one? That, that, like, that yeah. could have been, I was trying to think what other movie that we've had, could they have moved instead to movies and mysteries like a lot of them are very clearly hallmark right and, and it wouldn't affect it whatsoever um but the interesting thing about this movie was actually written by jennifer notas shapiro who did wrapped up in christmas a christmas melody and the flight before christmas which you love wait and wrapped up in christmas that is one that has a shop that has to close similar to um Sharing, sharing Christmas, Christmas. We'll that was it. a life the Lifetime one, right? It just premiered a few weeks ago. My friend Marcus Hill produced it. Shout out, Marcus. Yes. Um, but that movie, case in point, the stakes were very high because it was this single mom. She had run it for decades. Mm-hmm. Her son was, tr- or her nephew was trying to help her. You know what I mean? And so you just rooted for it. You know what I mean? You just, you really cared about this shop closing. Yeah. They didn't make me care about the theater closing. That was the problem. Yeah. And it's sad, sad to say they didn't make me care about the people it was affecting other than Julian. Really. I don't know. I mean, well, should we move on to movies we like yes, better? Let's, let's move on to sharing Christmas, you guys. Uh, thoughts about this one? I really liked this one. Um, it didn't, it wasn't like the highest emotional intensity hitting the heartstrings, mm-hmm. but it was a feel good, easy to watch. Like, I could easily turn this on Saturday morning, sit through it again, leave it on going to bed, sit through it again. Like, just a really solid movie that had all the right elements. Um, you know, I love New York City. I will say about this movie. You do. This did not feel like no parts of this movie felt any. We know they don't film in New York, right? But no parts of this movie felt remotely New York to me. Whereas magical Christmas ornaments, you know, the joke about rent control. I mean, I guess they mentioned rent control, but the they point did. is overall magical Christmas ornaments. I was like, that could be New Yorkers and whatever. This movie, I was like, nothing looks New York other than the shots, but. I was going to ask you, did the opening confuse you of this movie? Because I know how you are with the openings. And I had to, I will admit, I had to rewind it, Marissa. Oh, see, I didn't rewind it. I had to rewind the opener because I was like, what, what is we, happening? Yeah, Someone's getting proposed to? What is going on? Yeah. No, I, I wasn't really confused because it clearly established that the parents were passing on the, this shop down to the daughter. They, like, they've done their due diligence with the, with the shop, and now it's the daughter's turn. And it was very happy. The way that this film was lit was like super bright. There's not one dark scene in this movie. Literally go back and this, watch it. This it's is a case a in point film. had to be Hallmark. Yes. Had to be. This was light all around. You're right. Which is good. And like I I thought this was really cute. Not my favorite, but uh there were a lot of good moments in this movie that Really I, it was I not really your favorite? Did. No, not my phone. Not my favorite. Well, this week. can I just say about this one? 
there really wasn't a villain. Because if you no. think about it, first I wrote down Helen. Maybe no, because at the end Helen was like, "Oh, I knew real estate wasn't going to be your thing. I'm glad you found where you belong." But they made Helen out to be the the baddie. Helen was temporarily a villain, but like for Michael, compare this to like Bramble House Christmas. I know mm-hmm. that's movies and mysteries, but like in Bramble House Christmas, he had all this animosity and he came with an attitude. Whereas in this, he was offering to help her before he realized it was the yeah. his company's situation. So I wrote down like, despite being a workaholic, Michael does have a heart, and that's kind of what made this movie very feel good, lighthearted the whole time. He's a good is guy. There was no villain, yeah. and he wasn't even that bad of a workaholic. <laughs> he was like a nice guy who was in a conflicting situation. Yeah, and I actually like the fact that he actually lifted that shop despite the last 30 days that they were supposed to be in business he helped make that more successful within that one month period and changing their it and was, not to change things but like making it more organized more successful and like more up to date because they were very antiquated in their ways right well and it was funny he really did work like, work there. You know what I mean? Which I was like, is he on payroll? Is he working for free? Is that legal? Like, clearly he he liked her because he was just working, working, working. Somebody, Lisa says, seriously, Bobby Campo could read the dictionary and we'd watch. (laughs) I can second that. Um, This had some funny lines. I thought the juice bar yoga studio shade was funny. Yes. I thought the Polar Express has left the station. a clear dig at LA. Because... In L.A., That's all we have. every corner is a juice bar or a gym. Well, and I think in any, I mean, heavens, I was in the South for Thanksgiving. I'm going back. I'm in Nashville. I don't know if any Hallmarkies are in Nashville, but I'm in Nashville next week for a concert. What? Um, Take me with you. I love Nashville. It's so beautiful I want Christmas. to go to Nashville in two weeks. Um, and I'm having, guys, it's a time for miracles. I'm going to have a <laughs> Hallmark adventure in the Nashville. But seriously, those southern towns, when you come in and it's been like small town, whatever, and then they build a big bougie, for lack of a better word, apartment complex. That is the kind of stuff that goes in there is juice bar, yoga studio, you know. So that's accurate. I just thought it was funny. It's very accurate. I felt that was like a direct dig towards someone, especially L.A., quote unquote. Um, What did you think about the jazz music in this? Dave Cause. So I thought it was funny. They kind of treated him in the way the characters had dialogue, like he's a big celebrity. I don't know if he's he's very well known. I've never heard of him until last week when they announced it. Well, for those of you that have Sirius XM in your car, if you go to Real Jazz or Watercolors, he has a show on Watercolors and he plays live on Watercolors and his music is on there. So that's how I know him. And in the world of jazz and like easy listening, that's the world that he's from. He's the kind of person like Kenny G that would have a great saxophone Christmas album or just jazz in general. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, okay, he's just another Kenny G because I grew up in Illinois. I grew up with Smooth Jazz WNUA 95.5. Yeah, he's Smooth Jazz. Especially during Christmas time. So that's like the only jazz, you know, experience that I've had and exposure to jazz that I have. So watching Dave, not knowing like his status and what he does, and especially with the the saxophone, I just could not get Kenny G out of my head. And I love Kenny G. Everyone does. And I I love how they made him to be a big character, even though he was only one scene. Well, I but think they just had a to deal it. to promote his song and his yeah. music. Trisha says she's been a fan of his for a while. Again, I've liked him and known him for years, but that's because I listen to jazz. 
I recognize a lot of people don't consciously seek out jazz. Right. What did you think of the whole diner thing? I thought the first date story was so cute of that couple and the dancing in the diner and then they made the ornament. Oh, yeah, I, I did like that, but I wish we could have seen more of it. That, okay. I, I feel that was something that they quickly brought up, and they're like, oh, yeah, so what's going to be this new ornament this year? And then we, we didn't really see a lot more come from that. It seemed like such a cute tradition, and it just, it, it was so quick that we didn't get enough time to appreciate something as, as special as See, that. I think I think I like this movie more than Marissa did. Yeah, you I really clearly did. <laughs> clearly I did. I didn't realize you disliked this one. I know that you wouldn't use that word, but I liked uh, Sharing Christmas. I didn't like this one as much as I liked other Hallmark movies. Sure. Um, but not to say it's not bad at all, because this movie was very light. But like, okay, but this one for me, I could easily watch it again. I had no problem sitting through it. Christmas Encore, I had moments of like, what's going on again? Mm-hmm. We're saving the theater. So, I mean, at least it moves forward. And I liked the solution. I liked the ending they came to. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts of how they bought the shop where Michael's father is now, like, uh, will help with the investment of the shop and that they get to keep it. Well, it was a nice surprise because we didn't know his dad was suddenly going to be involved. You know, of course we assume a happy ending, but we we didn't know how it was going to unfold and I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I thought it was such a quick wrap-up because we didn't really see the father that much, if at all. It was very strings tied, it's all done. It was, because when... Uh, I was gonna say Bobby Campo when when uh, Michael was like my father would like to invest and I'm like wait who's your father there there was well, really no development and the it. same thing could be said about the romantic element of it in contrast to like the Christmas cottage the romance got played out they had conversations mm-hmm. about it they had the tension it, it was all playing out right this one I felt like you know they had that really cute this is not a date thing. Um, where they were just living in denial. We've all been there. But I thought that it was kind of a quick bow of resolution romantically as well. Yeah, I felt like this movie just ended abruptly. Like, they wrapped everything real quick. I could have had, like, another 20 minutes to, to you know, have mm-hmm. a longer... But yes, I liked the resolution and how it all finished. Yeah, my favorite moment, actually, because, you know, there were a lot of light moments, when Daniel, uh, the father, steals the bacon... <laughs> when mm-hmm. he said, and uh, and the wife was like, Daniel Michael Nichols, you put that back right this second. <laughs> I thought it was hysterical. Like, that running joke of him just wanting bacon again. Um, I thought it was cute because you this this movie actually did a good job of developing, like, the main characters that we watched throughout. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Michael's father, but definitely we, we, we had Stephanie's parents, and they were likable. And I liked that, again, it did... It did wrap up very quickly, but I liked that her parents ended up coming there and deciding to move and, you know, yeah, it was a nice resolution. All right, let's move on to Maggie's Christmas Miracle. Karen Kingsbury. Thoughts of this one? Well, I already know Marissa's thoughts <laughs> on this because she texted me. Um, I got to tell you, initially, it took me a minute to get into it because okay. we started with them as kids, yep. which obviously ended up being important. But then there was so much backstory that we needed on Maggie. 
before it really started to move. And I was like, where are we going with this? I got it. It's a parent. I'm my aunt, shout out Aunt Tiff. I know she's loving it because she's a parent and a principal. So she has all the interest in that storyline. I got it. But it took me a minute. But then by the time everything came together and all the storylines were in place, and this was the one I cried at this weekend. And this was the one that got to me. Yeah. And it just really ended up being beautiful. I loved this film. I saw it twice, and I also read the book to this because, I mean, it's Karen Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. We were both excited. And she tweeted at me. T- tweeted, retweeted. She liked and stuff a couple times. So she she knows about like my excitement for this film. I said it last week that I was this was my most anticipated film for this week, and I loved it. I'm glad it lived up to my expectations. I read the book, and you're talking about backstory. The the book does a great job of the backstory. You can understand where Maggie's pain is and how she mm-hmm. doesn't like the Christmas holiday and like what that actually did to her based on the family. And I'll I'll talk about the book differences in just a minute. But I loved how this movie did such a great job of a- adapting the storylines, changing a few things. Of course, there's always going to be differences. But not once was the essence of the characters or the storylines ever really changed. Like, they still had the same emotional beats from the book to this film. And you know what? Can I just say, in all of these movies, it is hard to believably pull off the broken-hearted dynamic and have both somebody who has a lot of walls built up in pain and then believably opening up to someone and letting love in again. That is a hard thing to, like, believably write and portray. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it goes to show the writing quality, the acting quality all around on this movie that we really did feel for Maggie. And I was like, oh, this poor woman. She's so scared to, like, have her heart broken again. And, you know, it, it... She's overprotective of her son because she was hurt. She doesn't want her son to be hurt physically, Mm -hmm. emotionally. Like, I completely understood that. And I agree, Trisha. Luke and Jill never disappoint. This is a film where the chemistry works so well between these two. So well. Oh, the kiss at the end. There were kisses in this film. I know, but there was the kiss when she returns Mm -hmm. and then realizes it's him. Yes. That, oh, Stop it was it. just, it was We're a moment. Get you know, she, you know, right Karen now. wrote this screenplay with her son. I do. Super cool. I do. Super cool. Yeah. This was and a I great mean, one. She, she read, I uh, only, she wrote the book too. Um, I highly suggest reading the book, you guys. It's only 167 pages. It's a real quick read. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. I read it in like an hour and a half. It's fantastic. Maybe I'll such read it on the book. plane to Nashville. Do on it. My Nashville adventure. Do it. And then also read Karen Kingsbury, The Bridge. Just saying. Um, I have the book too if you want ever want to borrow it. I digress. But I loved the story and let's talk about some book differences for those who don't know. Please I'm do. going to spoil just a little bit, but it will make sense at the end um, of everything. So Tana Ryan does not exist in the book. Hmm. Um, and I liked how they I mean Tana Ryan he was annoying, that annoying character boyfriend or like presumably that guy who wanted to be more but you know would never ever get to that point with with maggie um maggie in the book is actually a district attorney not a divorce attorney Mm. but changing her position to a divorce attorney makes her more emotional i guess you can say towards actual divorces and relationships that makes more sense of why she be more hurt and how it actually actually affects her in a personal life and work life um that is a difference I, I didn't mind whatsoever dinner with casey was actually maggie's idea not casey's 
So in the movie, Casey mm. wanted to meet up in, in person, like over over dinner, but that was actually Maggie's idea because Maggie is a district attorney. Her schedule is so busy, so she actually just has to schedule a dinner. Just but did so she, she want to do it at a house or at a restaurant? Um, at her house. And then um, in the book, Casey is actually a grievance counselor, not a tutor. Because in the book, hmm. um, I'm not going to, I'm trying not to give away too much, but in the book, uh, the husband to Maggie actually died, not just left the family, he actually died. Which is very, very Karen Hallmark. Kingsbury. Yes, very like a Hallmark death, loves, death of a life. I mean, I know it sounds weird to say this, but like Hallmark loves deaths over divorces. Yes. But, um, but having a death of a parent is if like a really is a different thing than getting for, left in that way. Exactly yeah. for a child, so that's why the grievance counselor comes in, and that's um, and that's Casey. Casey's the grievance counselor to help deal with um, Jordan um, hmm. and, and a few things. Okay, so like you, so more again, Karen Kingsbury is way more dramatic. And Hallmark tends to lighten up a little bit. And in the movie, Jordan does more like journal entries to God, rather. And like we got a letter, hmm. but that was revealed at the end of the film. Literally, the first two pages of the book is Jordan sending the letter to quote unquote God through his mother. He's always asking Maggie's like, "Did you send my letter to God?" X, Y, and Z, and that starts mm. the whole plot line because Maggie actually reads the letter, and that's how she gets the grievance counselor into the story, and then everything just like ra- unravels from there. But in the movie, the letter is at the end, and she then realizes it. That's the, you know, the realization at the mm-hmm. end. So some differences, maybe a little out of order, but it's all really the essence and the emotional beats are still the same. And clearly, because she had creative control in the movie, being, you know, exactly. honoring her story, true to her, whatever. Yeah. Oh, Laurie Maker says, see, the, the Bridge book is also excellent. I have yet to read it. We love the movie. Oh, I thought you had read it. No. We I just love the movie. I just bought it. I actually went to the bookstore a couple days ago. I completely digress, side tangent. I went to the bookstore, went to go buy uh, Karen Kingsbury's Manage, Maggie's Miracle, and also found the bridge right next to and you it. Thought you so I'm get like, it. well, I'm grabbing that too. Well, uh, so I want to say, address what Trisha said about Luke was creative with his tutoring though. Honestly, I love the tutoring storyline because yeah. I, I really do pay attention to how somebody interacts with kids. I think that tells you a lot, whether or not you want to have kids, I think that tells you a lot about the person. And yeah. I love those interactions. I thought Casey was a great tutor. I, I loved it too. Um, like, putting those real-life circumstances in that gets the mind going. Um, and that also helps play with the the mother, Maggie, and how she was kind of learning a little bit, too, and getting a gauge of Casey's, um, you know, personality and who he is and what he can do with, with Jordan. Um, what, what were some of your favorite moments or lines in this film, if you had any? Um, well, this is a weird favorite moment. It wasn't fun or funny, but the billable hours thing I thought was a powerful moment for her of like 
just the clash of values and her right. saying these are people, these are real people with lives and families and children, not billable hours. Um, that was a hard hitting moment. Um, the mo- the quotes, you guys know I love my cheesy quotes. Life's a river, it carries you into the future whether you want to go or not. I liked that. As well as before you grab into the before you grab onto the future, you need to let go of the past, past. was also great. Yeah. Um, I, I did love the because I watched this movie twice, there were a lot of um bookends to this movie that I didn't realize the first time watching it. At the beginning of the film, we hear Maggie talk about uh, when they take the pictures, when they're teenagers, whatever, and she's like, I'm not ready. And then at the end, when they take more pictures, she's like, I'm not ready. So that was like a bookend Mm. type of moment. And then there was also a moment near the beginning where she's talking to her client, like, um, the the moment where like she gets afraid is when someone says I think I'm falling in love with you. So powerful. So powerful. But then when it gets to her Maggie and Casey and Casey actually says those exact words to you, that's where the conflict comes in and that's where oh, she's like I, I can't do. This. I knew that wasn't supposed to be like a hidden I, thing. I missed that the first time. Marissa, shame on you. That I was the crux it. of the movie. Why I watched. She gave. It a, she gave a whole. You weren't supposed to miss that. That <laughs> I, I pity all the viewers at home if everyone missed that. She had the whole conversation. But she said that line, but didn't she say to her hit, friend, yeah, "You did. have to watch out for those fateful words." I think I'm falling in love with you because after that comes all these things. Oh, she said it to her client, right? Yeah, she said it to her client. Right. But I, I think for some reason the first time it didn't hit as big as it did. Oh, it hit me. I was second. like, oh, no. Oh, no. She's going to sabotage it. I miss things. But that's why I go back and rewatch. And rewatch. Um, but, so, like, there were moments that were well-established at the beginning of the film that came back around at the end and I really enjoyed this was a very very solid film great writing thank you Karen Kingsbury great acting thank you Luke and Jill yeah I loved this film it's definitely like it's definitely one that there's it's so rich kind of honestly in a different way Holly Lodge was of like the more you watch it the more things you notice I haven't gotten to watch it more than once yet but I know that when I do it's a very rich film and there's so much there yeah this movie is worth staying up to 2am and me watching it because that's what I did um, I loved uh, another favorite moment which was more of uh, the, the lighter moments was when uh, Maggie was literally showing Tanner the door like after their quote unquote mm-hmm. dinner or whatever, and she's like opening the door, trying to give him a clue, like "Hey, I want you out." And then the the whole cooking, the mincing moment, <laughs> you know, when she she couldn't mince and she she tried to cook and she really couldn't. Yes, um, I enjoyed that. That was light. And the one more moment was the the friend Billy when they were in the the shop or the, mm. that diner and he's like i don't want to go back out there and then he sees those two um and then uh he's like no nah, we might go back out and do a couple more like he sees them together um getting along and he's like oh I, there's something there let's Figures give them more out. time yeah um I, I like i liked everybody in this movie maybe not tanner but overall i think the characters were great yeah, I, it's interesting. Now I'm going to watch it back with a different lens, knowing Tanner's not in the book. Mm-hmm. But I think that he served the again the billable hours conversation was important for the movie. I think that he served a purpose that he needed to for the yeah. movie. Yeah, and we talk about someone to play off of, or like not to I forget the the exact word you said, but to have that competition, we definitely had Tanner as that competition. And I one. see, and I like the male competition. Better than the female, the female competition. Ones, yeah. But also, 
There, there was a moment where Tanner was explaining to Maggie, he's like, this is, this party is big, I'm about to become partner. And admittedly, this was not my favorite scene because it took me out of it. I was like, I don't want to watch a promotional event for Tanner. He's not a character we should be caring about mm-hmm. at all. And I felt like that scene was all about Tanner. I was like, he's not even going to be there in the end, so why are we spending so much time on him? That I think that was my only frustration, but... Knowing that that wasn't going to work, I was like, okay, fine, I can deal with it. But I love this film. It was a great one. I, it was great. And it is a time for Christmas miracles. And I, I know. I, I kept thinking of you during the whole... Because at the end, he's like, do you believe in miracles now? Yeah, because yeah. it was a yeah, whole thing. She didn't believe in miracles. But Marissa, it is a time for miracles. It is a time for miracles. Over This is such, such a solid film. I love it. I love it. Buying this one. For sure. All right. Anything else about this movie that we, we may I don't not have think covered? so, but I now feel like when we do the coming up ones, we need to give our predictions of most, what did you call it? The one most appealing, most exciting. Most anticipated? Yes. You're, I, we should give our most anticipated picks personally of the next week. Okay. All right. So upcoming movies. We have Christmas Next Door on Hallmark Channel starring Jesse Metcalf. Chesapeake Shores, love him. Um, and Mary Long, that airs Saturday, December 16th. It looks cute. Um, he Apparently he's the, like the Scrooge. Okay, can I just say, do you have you watched Daytime Divas? Clearly no. not, or you would be acknowledging Fiona. So Fiona plays this mother, which is a very complex, nuanced character. And it is she does such a good performance in that show. I don't think it got renewed. I don't think it's coming back. Is that scripted or reality? Scripted. Ah. It's no, no, no. It's not. It's based on the Women of the View, based on a book called Ladies Who Lunch, and it's about the real. It's kind of like a fictional book, but loosely based on the Women of the View's backstories. Ah. Anyway, great series. Fiona was an, such a good performance in that show, award-winning, nominated mm. performance. I really am excited to see her in her Hallmark debut. To my knowledge, her Fiona Hallmark debut. Googleman. Um, we actually covered the Daytime's Diva after show here, so go check that out. Plus, yeah, no, we did. that after show. Um, next, we have Romance at Reindeer Lodge, starring Josh Kelly, Nikki Whelan. That airs Saturday, December... Se- oh, Sunday, sorry. Um, December 17th on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Thoughts of this one? Um, very excited about it because it reminds me of the premise of my lifetime favorite, The Flight Before Christmas. Very similar premise. It appears to be, looks super cute. Awesome. And Nikki Whelan has actually been here to Afterbuzz a few times. Go check out her interviews. We did Spotlight Us on with her. The more in-depth interview one-on-one with some of our great hosts here. Go check that out if if you're a big fan of Nikki Whelan. She's super nice. Um, and she's pretty. Uh, and then finally, we, we only have three movies this upcoming week. Um, we have Christmas Connection on Hallmark Channel, Sunday, December 17th, starring Brooke Burns and Tom Everett Scott. Love him. He's great, too. He's super nice. Met him. He's been here, too. Look at the After Buzz connections. Yeah, the Christmas exactly. connections. See what I Christmas did there? Honestly, the fun, my prediction for this week is usually I like I have been liking the Sunday movies better for some reason, but I actually think I'm really going to like both Saturday ones a lot this week. Yeah. So cheers to some amazing Saturday night movies. Yeah, we have two Hallmark Channel movies and one Movies and Mysteries because Movies and Mysteries actually have less Christmas movies for the season than Hallmark Channel We're on does. the home stretch, Marissa. It's we kind are. of making me sad. What is our total count? Do we know? We are at 27 now. 
So at, by the at time this is done, we'll be at 30. Yeah. And then we only have three more. Exactly. Oh. We have 33 movies. We're at 27 now. Can you believe it? We've watched 27 films. All right. Uh, <laughs> let us all know like what you're excited to watch about the, these films. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If you're ever in L.A., eat these cronuts from Dominique, Dominique Ansel Ansel's Bakery. Delicious. In the meantime, Stefan, where can everyone follow you? Yes, uh, Dr. Lovegrove on Twitter and Instagram. And because I haven't posted in a while, I will repost the Christmas playlist for all of you tonight. Remind me if I forget somebody. There you go. Yeah, we have some fun upcoming things. We decided that we're actually going to do a show in our pajamas. So it, I don't believe it's next week, but the following week. The, the, following the week one. of actual Christmas. We're going to be doing our the last three films to talk about will be in our pajamas. So I hope you guys tune in for a pajama party. It'll be fun. Pajamas and Christmas. Love it. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. You can follow me everywhere on Twitter at TV. Follow all of us here, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those fun social media platforms at TV. Thanks, everyone, and we'll, we will see you next time. Have a great week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Here in are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.